because it's closed and he likes to go where he can't go. He had his paws underneath the other door yesterday uh, trying to play with the tassel to my cook, my chef's apron. And it's like he has all the space to go in, but he like needs to be where he, he's not allowed to go. It's great. It's perfect. Yeah. Nice. Oh, there's a cat we're speaking about. Is the cat. Zephyrooney. Come here, Zephyr. Hi. Hi. That was great. Now we have a live <laughs> intro. I love that. You know, I wrote I wrote that song in a key that does not work for my voice. No. I know. It sounds so good on, you know, Instrumental. the show. And, yeah, it's, well, I timed, I, I sang it like 11 times and then picked the best one. So it's well, a bit of... Well, you could have done that now. We're not in a rush. Oh, okay. Let's do it <laughs> bring again. Back, bring back the guitar. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like How was your Mother's Day? Oh, I'm still celebrating. See my tiara? In I do honor now. Of Mother's Day slash week slash month slash forever. That's great. That's great. So in <laughs> true uh, in true Hollywood magic, uh, Mother's Day hasn't happened yet, but we're recording this show to come out. And if you're listening to this, Mother's Day was three days ago. But we could release this tomorrow. And do we two could. this week. We could. It would mess up everyone's schedules. Not theirs, but at the company. At the how um, how good at editing are you? Because <laughs> we can definitely divide and conquer if you want. I'm more than happy to split some of these shared responsibilities. I don't know. We'll see about this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm 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 pre- I'm pretending. Well, I don't know. Oh, this is perfect for the pandemicville time out of sequence uh-huh. who knows what's going on feeling so mother's day has not happened yet but mother's day has already happened right and i'm guessing what what's going what my surprise is for sunday because i realize now when you ask me something about timing that something is planned and i don't know about it so it is slash was a surprise it was a great surprise well let me know what it is <laughs> we were at we were uh, having dinner uh, we're having dinner and you read my mind and you said oh i think mother's day is in a couple of days or we real you realized when it was and i said you just read my mind uh this this sunday get ready to leave at nine o'clock and i had this whole wind up thing and, and you interrupted me and said there's no way i could be out of the house at nine o'clock <laughs> And I said, what day, what time would be reasonable for you to leave the house? And I said, 1030 works. And I was reminded of, I forget what, what supermodel it was in the 90s, but she famously like wouldn't get out of bed for less than $10,000. It reminds me. There must be at least one bad joke in there. <laughs> and a couple of good ones. But it reminded me of that. And I was thinking to myself, like, 
and you don't have to get in, into any level of detail you don't care to. But I like, mean, I'm up by six or seven. And you need Seven's four hours late. to leave? I can't figure it out. It's something to do with this time thing. So like, okay, without, without revealing anything, let's say you were me. And let's say, I don't know, six weeks ago, you planned something for a holiday that is like difficult to plan for in terms of reservations and things. Oh. And let's say you planned it even before people were fully vaccinated, but knew that by the time this thing happened, they would be vaccinated. And let's, set, let's continue and say, let's say that this thing was immovable. Would you like me to cancel it? Oh, what time would we have to leave? Still nine o'clock. <laughs> uh, I had no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. I mean, I'm working on alternative... Um, I planning. presume we have to drive someplace mm -hmm. about an hour or so away. Not even. Maybe, maybe 30, 30, 40 minutes. Um, well, I wouldn't want you to have to cancel or change it. It's probably too late to make it later. I wouldn't, it's, it's not possible to make that thing later, but it's possible to plan something different in the middle of the week. Uh, that would also be fun. It's also possible to do a celebration not literally on Mother's Day, which feels not great. And it's also, I've got a couple of tricks up my sleeve, like what if you were already at the place that we're speaking about? Like maybe there's a version where you're like, you and Joel go on like a overnighter. I don't know, I'm just, I'm just brainstorming fair, here. You're very good at planning and I appreciate all the work you put into it. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Can we take a pause on that? Yeah, yeah, let me know like Monday. I'll let you know after the show. We'll talk about it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good. Uh, last week you mentioned some work you were doing. We're not going to the airport, right? No, no. Of course not. All right. Okay. No, although I was I was invited for business to go to Florida next week from California. And uh, it doesn't. It happens to not work out for for true and legitimate reasons. <laughs> But and no disrespect to any of our Florida listeners, I just don't want to come there right now. I just don't. I don't want to get on a plane right now. And if I had to choose a place to go, I don't think Orlando is number one. Hawaii would be your your number one. Why don't I have any clients in Hawaii? That's my fault. That's my fault. <laughs> you better take care of that. That's my fault. I could do better. I'll do better next time. Yes. No, we're not going to an airport. It's nothing extravagant. It's just something fun. And um, I won't say any more about it because... The idea is for it to be a surprise. Here's how I thought last night was going to go. <sighs> this Sunday, get ready at 9 a.m. to leave. And the rest is blah, 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 blah. And she would say, all right, sounds great. What should I wear? Will it be hot or cold? And I'll be like, it's the desert. So, you know, hot. But if we're inside somewhere, something to, you know, cover up if you need to. And that would be the end of it. Uh, so we've got a whole, a whole thing. It's fine. There's an old joke. This is totally unrelated. An old joke where... Um, this guy, this guy's home, and his husband comes home and says, um, "Hold on a second. I have Did you just change an old joke to be more I gender have, nonconformist I have for a current time." I told this joke. Um, I guess on um, um, not gender nonconformist, when, but not traditional. Oh, now you have me going down Sorry. that rabbit hole. A man comes home, and his husband says, "When they legalized, when the when the Massachusetts Supreme Court declared that um, that." Um, same same gender they said same sex but that's wrong same gender marriage was not only equitable and and legal but to oppose it would break um civil rights laws mm -hmm. but i don't remember the the year that i 
And that's the truth. That's when I wrote the joke, but I don't remember what year it was. You had to give me some time on that. This is your joke. Um, I don't I don't know exactly if I changed. I don't know. It was a, lot, a long time ago, a but it's quite a lead, a lead up for a joke. I apologize. A man's home and his husband comes home and says, start packing. Oh, that's great for hot or cold. He says, I don't give a damn. Just be out of the house by five o'clock. <laughs> the joke wasn't as long as the lead up. That's good. I, I'm sorry for getting in your but way. But then I did this whole routine on um, when... I, w- I didn't plan on this at all. Thank you. When I actually thought another time I would do would talk about this, but what happens when um, a gay couples finally married when it was finally legalized? And um, there's there's a whole routine that goes with this. We'll go to this another time. Okay. All right. <laughs> Does it have to do with divorce? No, oh. it has to do with like caterers double their work now because mm. you know. Jewish mothers of men who are getting married are going to go overboard, and huh. and then I talk about what happens. Oh, one well, here I'm ruining it for myself. But one line is, um, it would be great because people could get um, divorced and remarried, and no one would be a stepmother. I kind of ruined the joke because I rushed it, but that's okay. I don't I don't want you to rush through any of this material. There's gold in these hills. <laughs> But they could have, they could be step. Oh, I see. Technically, stepmothers. Right? <laughs> no more stepmothers. Uh, so <laughs> we're laying low in the desert. It's coming slowly to an end. You know, I'm starting to think about what going back to Santa Monica will look like. And, and the season here has ended. It's hot. I like to think of it as a transition rather than an end. A transition. And one of the transition, one of the indicators that the neighborhood is, you know, also changing seasons and chapters is people have cleared out. And the other night I heard a party at a neighbor's house. I haven't heard a party in months. And years. Well, yeah. Oh, shoot. And uh we were walking, my girlfriend and I, maybe a hundred yards away, and we could hear this party, and I said, without going over there and looking at them, what what can we deduce from the sounds they're making? And we determined that it wasn't their house. They were <sighs> college age. They were white, they were straight. Well, white was and an there, easy guess. And there weren't enough girls there, uh, which you wouldn't necessarily need a certain amount of girls, but you could tell it was like bros broing out. And it was like, what What an unfortunate like collection of factors to create a sound. Like that the sound is based on those elements. It was just a, a bummer, you know? Mm, okay. I had no interest... <laughs> I like parties. I want to go back to parties. Invite me to your parties. I'm pretty good at parties. But it was a group of people getting, uh, your mind probably went to other places. Like, were they vaccinated? No. How many people? No, not even. Just that they were like, didn't sound like, it sounded like they were playing beer pong. They just sounded not fun. Oh, in other words, it wasn't the kind of game, the kind of party that, that you would, you didn't want to crash this party. I didn't want to crash this party. <laughs> and my girlfriend said, well, does there, does there need to be a certain number of girls at a party for it to be a good party? And I said, no. In fact, some of the best parties I've been to have no women at them. <laughs> so Really? Yeah. Like that kind of contradicts what you just said about I've been to I've been to all sorts of great parties, but you needn't, you needn't a certain ratio of any gender or gender identities at a party for it to be a good party. That but, one just sounded like crap. But you just said that you, it sounded like all bros. Oh, you didn't mean guys. You meant bros. bros. If there were a bunch of okay. men who identified happened to, uh, happened to identify as gay and had no female friends, I don't think at it just party, happens. I think it is. You know, <laughs> if there's a bunch of gay men at a party and they don't invite any women. It, 
could still sound like a great party. When you have a bunch of college aides. Wouldn't I be invited? When you have a bunch of, yeah, of course. <laughs> when you have a bunch of college aged, straight, cisgendered, white bros, the absence of female voices makes the party sound worse. Does that make sense? Yes, Mr. Cis Straight Man. And that's speaking as a cis straight man. <laughs> Did but, you notice you know. your descriptions are shorter than some other people's? Oh, by the way, I've just decided something. Oh, there's the cat. I just decided something. I want to change my bio and my stuff on my info online because uh -huh. I don't have any of my pronouns and I'm changing it to she, her, and mom. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm telling you so I don't, when I forget, you can remind me. That's good. My pronouns are she, her, and mom. That's wonderful. I love that. Thank you. It's really good. So last week you told us that you were um, entering into a conversation with the Drexel Autism Board or Autism Department or Program. There was something about Drexel and autism, and you and we hope to hear more about it this week. Um, I was invited to listen in on a Zoom, and um, the 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 woman that pr presented her research um, is excellent, and I don't have any notes in front of me, and I'm not a good name rememberer, but um, I, I expect that we will have a, um, a guest that we will interview, and it will be either this, this person or it will be somebody else who's involved in the research. Um, and the topic is um, how to support, not um, the topic is mm -hmm. roughly supporting, uh, supporting mothers of black sons who are autistic or on the spectrum. Wow. So, you know, you think about the challenges that people have with children and they're varied and they're many and, mm. and they're all over the map. And I'm sure, I mean, each additional level of description that you add makes it even more interesting mm. um, and challenging and for parents, um, concerning and th wow. the research that she's done and i apologize for not being able to quote it more but it's 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 lengthy and i want to do it justice we'll have her on the show either her or somebody or p perhaps a mother of mm. a black son who has uh, who is on, on the spectrum. spectrum i and the other uh, thing is i've been working on them with them talking about um developing their podcast and mm. one of the zooms that i uh, was lucky enough to partic not participate in, but observe, to be on the Zoom. I zoomed in and listened. Uh, was a number of people at Drexel in the graduate program who are on the spectrum. And one fellow was talking about his podcast. So afterwards, I, I texted to the people I'm working with at Drexel, the, the new director of the, the center and, and somebody who's... Um, very involved in it. And I said, well, he, he can do your podcast. And they said, yes, I know we've already identified him. Nice. So it's, they're making progress. Good. It's great. I, I was, I'm struck by this, this notion. It's tricky to navigate because my experience is different, but I'm aware of the talk that black parents have with their sons. And I'm aware of how difficult it is for parent or sibling of a, a person on the spectrum or autistic to have lots of different kinds of conversations. And when I think about the nexus point of 
the talk for somebody who's also on the spectrum i just like i just like feel it like in here it makes me when, makes me like yeah when you first told me this um i was struck by how uh, sensitive and understanding you are that you honed right in imagine it's time to tell your boy your son about you know life is and i think that's the talk that you mean um, you say the talk. I can't speak from an do you authority. Mean that specifically, or yeah, I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not trying to come from a place of authority. It's not my place to. What, what talk are you talking about? The birds and the bees? No, what it's like to be a black man in America. Oh well, and the I talk thought that you a parent has with a black child who says be things careful. along the line, things along the lines of what wearing a hoodie or what to and not to say to a police officer, and what <sighs> trials and tribulations exist for just being. And having uh, any version of that talk with people who have additional complexity of needs when it comes to comprehension. It's just like, I can hardly, I can, I'm having trouble talking about it right now. So this is true. And I can only guess that for a person of color in America, anywhere, but in America to have to, uh, this is, this is. This is an overriding element in what we're experiencing in this country. I can't speak for other countries, but in this country today. And I have two comments. One is I have um, a precious goddaughter who had a her just turned three, who's of color. And her brother, who calls me auntie, um, and I, you know, they're, they're on my mind daily anyway, but... He's 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 all grown up and he's wonderful and mm -hmm. and and he's they're on my mind all the time. And the other thing is that I'll share is that when my brother was in dental school, so um, nineteen somewhere around nineteen seventy, and he went to Temple Dental School, and he had an apartment he shared with some guys or guys, um on Broad Street in Philadelphia, and... The Philadelphia. It was a neighborhood that was great because it was close to a lot of places, and whatever color or background you are, you were very careful there, especially at night. That's a nice way to put it, right? And the truth. So I went yeah, to Michael's, and I visited, and I left, and it must have been like 10 or 11 at night, and it wasn't cold because I remember when I t rolled down, rolled down, God, rolled down the window for the police <laughs> officer who pulled me over for making a left turn on Broad Street where everyone in Philadelphia knows you can't make a left turn on Broad Street. He just pulled everyone over he right there. He pulled me over <laughs> and I was this 16, 17 year old white girl from the suburbs. And he asked for my ID and I gave it to him and he stood there and he just looked at me. And he said, do you know why I stopped you? I said, no, the light just turned green. I wasn't speeding, I don't know why. He said, you made a left turn on Broad Street. I said, okay. He said, you didn't see the sign, no. He said, and obviously you didn't know that you can never make a left turn on Broad Street. And he looked, he said, you're from Huntington Valley. I said, yes. He said, what are you doing here at 11 o'clock at night alone? I said, my brother goes to dental school. He lives two blocks away. I was visiting him. He said, lock your doors and go home. And it occurs to me now that if I had been a, a young black man, I might not have gotten out of that conversation. Nobody else was there. Mm. 
And frankly, no one else was there to protect me, but he was an upstanding man doing his job. Sort of. Sort of. So another, another answer for an officer who says, what are you doing here, is I won't be, discuss- I won't be discussing my day. Am I being detained? Why am I being pulled over? Where are you going? Where did you come from? What, what time is it? I won't be discussing my day. He was looking out for you, but he was also perpetuating the problem. I'm not saying that it's safe there or that we should go there at 11 o'clock at night 30, 40 years ago and, and you know, tempt fate. But it was, it's, it's so complex and I can't, I'm constantly reminded how white we are while we're having this conversation. It's I like, know. what do you want from me? I, I am who I am and I understand what you're saying and, ap- and I, I, I'm 100% It's not a safe neighborhood and it's over-policed but and it's, hold on, hold on. It it's, wasn't a safe neighborhood and frankly isn't now that great of a neighborhood. It's over-policed with policies that are completely racist. Philadelphia cops are... Some are, some are great. A lot of Philly cops, in my experience, are not great. But uh, you, we haven't lived there for a long time, and I just don't know how the department runs now. And I, I'm sure it turned right around in the last 10, 15 years. I don't really uh, want to go down that mean, there because okay. I don't have any knowledge of it, and I can't rebut it, and I have no comment on that. It's not but an to me. Yet. It seemed like he was incredulous. Like you couldn't is believe this you were seeing a little yeah. white girl doing on Broad Street at eleven o'clock at night. I have. That's how it felt to me. I feel you, and I'm not. I think that in, in his weird way, he was looking out for you, right? In a weird position of knowledge, as well as some systemic racist type ways, was looking out for you. I was in college, and we were. I was in a band, and we got a call. I went to college in D.C. G.W. Big up. And we got a call to come play a show in, in Virginia, but like deep south Virginia. And the promoter was like, if you come down, it will pay you. There's this big built-in audience. The local band, the band you'll be opening up for is like a large band. You'll have like this great experience. We were in the middle of, middle of midterms. And we drove on like a Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon. We had to leave. It was like a five or six hour drive. And I drove the entire way there, which is an old band trick where if you drive the whole way there, you don't have to drive back so you can drink and hang out. And I drove like five or six hours straight and we played, we got to, we got to the venue and like, I, I forget where it was. Oh, I remember where it was. It was in Blacksburg, Virginia, which is right next to- There you go. Where's Blacksburg next to? Lynchburg. Next to Lynchburg. All right, like, like guys, like just- like a little, a little bit. Like just work with us a, a little. A little subtlety. Just work with us a little bit. So we have this gig. We get there. There's no body there. There's a bartender and a door person. There's not one. The, the headlining band wasn't even there. So we performed to zero people. The bartender. The, the, the promoter had Did sold us. Did they like it? No, it was something like Jada Bartender at like a, a, a mid-level, you know, Virginia venue. <laughs> Although we thought it was the best show we've ever, ever played. <laughs> and nobody witnessed and no, it. And no one was there. And so we get back. Don't you hate when that happens? We finish the call. We finish the gig. We get back in the car. I'm like, I'm not driving. I drove six hours here. That gig sucked. No one was in a good mood. I was myself. I was a singer. It was a uh, bass player, Bobby, and it was a drummer. And so the singer is like, I'll drive back. I'm like, all right, great. So 10 minutes into a six-hour drive, we get pulled over because he wasn't a good driver. 
And the cops say, you know, what are you doing here? And we say, we're. Does this mean we can't go to Virginia anymore? We can after go to we Virginia. Virginia's fine, and Philly's <laughs> great, and Orlando's great. This is not. This is not xing off places on the map. These oh, are anecdotal good. stories of of preference, right, and experience. So, like, but I'm not moving to Deep South Virginia. If that's what you're asking. What I put something over there when I thought we were going to work at the table. Did you yeah. see what I brought? Lipstick and a phone and a map. A, a pad of. United States maps that you could tear off. Why do you have those? So that we can write about the different states and decide where we want to live. Oh, that's uh, adorable. I was going to show it. See it? That's amazing. That's what the British did in the <laughs> mid 1700s. <laughs> so we um, we're driving back. We get pulled over a few minutes into this ride. The officer asks what we're doing, sir. We're we're performing. We just played. Were you awake? It was. We're all awake. It was. 11 o'clock at night we just played this gig it was terrible we're driving back to, to school we have midterms okay well this is a big drug route y'all carrying drugs we're just trying to get back to school he lets us go he just let us go he let you go he just let us go okay so just right there i was like he let you go that's fishy and i've thought about that moment for a long time same as you no one else was there side of the road dark middle of nowhere deep virginia and we're and, oh, and he says it's a uh, whose uh, whose car, whose is, car this? is it? It's a rental. Whose name is on the rental agreement? I said mine. He said you have to drive this car. Oh, so no. now I'm driving the whole way back, even though I drove all the way there after a day of school, knowing we have midterms the next day. It was not a good feeling. Our, dr- our drummer's freaking out because he's a big baby. Singer's pissed off because he got criticized for his bad driving. Bassist is just like the nicest dude in the world, but it's just like. I know all these people, so I'm enjoying these descriptions. So now I'm driving, and I'm like, just just, let's just get back. To your point, anything could have happened, but it didn't. Ten minutes later, we get pulled over again. This is a story I thought you were going to tell. Okay. Where clearly the first cop called ahead and had this next group of folks catch us. Now we're outside. Oh, it's freezing, by the way. Maybe it was a little later because it was like 12. So the first thing he told them to check was make sure you were driving or else the driver could be arrested. I think so. I think so. But it escalated quickly. There were like five cars, each with a couple cops in there. So there was like a dozen cops. Five cars? Ten or twelve cops surrounding us. With, they're shining lights in our eyes, and they're, they're very aggressive. And they're like, um, they ask us the same information. We tell them the same information. They say, can we search your car? This is a big drug route. People run drugs from Florida all the way up 95, you know, into, the, into the New York. And all points in between. And I said... Sir, I have no problem with you searching this car. However, this isn't my car. I don't know who rented this car earlier today or yesterday or last week. I can't take responsibility for nooks and crannies in this car. I, I, but respectfully, what in theory occurs if we decline your request to search this vehicle? And they're just like staring at us with the flashlights. Drummers shivering. He asks to get a jacket from the car. They like yell at him no and like, there's some aggression. Basis is like shaking. And I'm like, what happens if we just respectfully, politely decide to decline your invitation to search this car? And there's this long silence. It felt like 10 minutes. It could have been 20 seconds or five seconds. And he says, if you decline the search, uh, you will be on your way and we'll be on our way. And now we're just staring at each other. 
And I said, so look, just making sure I totally understand the situation because again, we're coming from up there, we played down here. We don't want to, you know, ruffle any feathers. If I say no, you're saying that we get back in this car and each of you get back in your cars and we go our separate ways and we go back to school for midterms? Super long silence. And he goes, uh-huh. And he says it just like that. If you're not watching the video, maybe check us out on YouTube and hit the subscribe button while you're there. <laughs> and he's just like, uh-huh. And we're having this like stare off. And I'm looking around and I'm watching my bandmates shiver. One of them is cowering, these cops. It was really scary. And I said, um, I appreciate the situation. I'm going to respectfully decline the car search, but I'm happy to comply with whatever else that you need us to comply with. Super long silence. He goes, all right, and like whistles and does like a hand motion and they all get back in their car. Oh my God. We get back in our car. Oh, oh, we had a bunch of weed with us. Oh I, no. I, oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, we had like a bunch of weed with us. Yeah. Oh no. So we get back in the car and I'm obviously driving because no one else can drive. Everyone is like really rattled. The bassist is in the back seat. But what you said still stands. You cannot be responsible. You could, they could hold you responsible, but how could you be responsible in a rental car anyway? It was a cle clever obfuscation rooted in the truth. And also, and, please and don't also search his car. And also a cover up, right. And uh, they heard that. I'm sure that. Um, I think that they were not interested in like. They thought they're these all northerner college, college boys. Kids, their like, fathers are going to be here with yes, their lawyers exactly. in an hour and a half on a plane, which is, and it's going to ruin my month. Which is is systemically racist, and we were I, and we were aware I of this, and it was it was a moment where like in real time, sort of, I gotta say, taking advantage of the reality of the fact that if we were different colors or different times or different people. We may never have left the side of the road. No one knew where we were. It was a rental car in the middle of the deep south on a random, it wasn't even 95. It was Which like a, it was really a, takes away your liberty, your democracy, just the fear of what could happen because you know it happens interferes with the constitutional rights that we have. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm driving. It's complete silence. The bassist, who again is like the nicest person in the world. What's the bassist? Um, one I don't know who that would be. I'm just keeping things vague on purpose. I know, you know that you'll tell me later. And so, drummer and bassist are in the back seat. Singers in the passenger seat. I'm driving, and I'm like, I just turn on the radio, and it was, um, it was Miles Davis. And I was like, okay, we're just gonna listen to this Miles Davis and drive. And the bassist, who I had never seen aggressive in my life puts his foot between the front seats and with his foot kicks and smashes the radio, the radio off the car? Oh. and goes, I, I effing hate the trumpet <laughs> and smashes the radio, mm. which we had to pay for. So we get back to, we get back to DC, everyone, it was, I don't know, five, four or five in the morning. We have midterms at eight or nine, a hundred percent of what we made was spent on the rental car and fixing the rental car. We made zero new fans, and uh, it was there's no big aha ending to this story. It was just like, and years later, as we talk about stuff like this, the knowledge only got deeper and deeper and deeper oh. that the level of unfairness that resulted in our safety in existence, the fact that we just whistled and said, no thank you, officer, and drove away. That's why we're entitled. It's um. It's not that we set our lives out to be. Yeah, I didn't. Some of us it's to be entitled or to be 
somewhere higher, lower, different. Well, it's different. a definition. It's not about intention. It's about... It's, it, it's something that exists. Bums me out, man. But I'm just saying, it's not... It's not you didn't choose it. You were... On a very special episode of Everybody and Their Mother has a podcast. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so um, we're in the we're in the we're we're obviously in a different setting than we have been in our previous episodes. The kitchen's behind us. This kitchen is is large. We're very fortunate to have it. Keeping this place clean has been like a real constant process. So. A few months ago, we were fortunate enough, speaking of privilege, to get these Roomba-type robots to do the, to the floors. And there's two robots. That's that's not privilege. That's just some bucks. Well, it's privilege to be able to afford the ability to get a robot to sweep. That is privilege. It's... It's, a pri- it's not a right to have a robot that a sweeps, gift. is it? It's, a, it's what? Is it a right to have a robot that sweeps the floor? Now it is. <laughs> I'll never give it up. So everybody got familiar with these robots. We were thinking about interview, interviewing one of them, one of these shows. Yes. Um, yes, but I want to put names on them, and and we'll have them in. We'll bring them in next time. So where's the cat? Some people would put the sweeping robot on first, and then after it's swept, bring in the mopping robot and mop. And some people thought that. You could just use the mopping robot because what's it going to do? It's going to mop up the... It's kind of a shortcut. The dust bits. So there was a very healthy, well-communicated debate about the fact that there really is, I guess, lots of ways to do things, but there's a generally accepted way to clean floors that has worked for millennia. And what is what is that way? Oh, <laughs> You must sweep before you mop. You've got to sweep, sweep before, before you, you mop. mop. <laughs> so my girlfriend and I are explaining to Joel kindly and impassioned that you you really do have to sweep before you mop. And then we made a song up about it and started singing it kind of half teasing, but half sort of like, this is the way to remember to do it. And then I um, went into my studio and fully produced this song. And it's it's called, You've Got to Sweep Before You Mop. And I'd love to share it and debut it here, if that's okay. Yes, I want to interject. Now I know what we should name the sweeper one. What? Wait, 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 wait. they have names. They have names. Oh, right, Joel named them. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The washer one is Zamboni. Right. Big ups, Joel. And the 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 clean the the vacuum one is Mamba. I forgot. Oh, Mamba. Mamba and Zamboni. Mamba. Mambo or Mamba? Mamba. Yeah. Mamba. And it wasn't directly after Kobe, right? Or was it sort of semi-related? Everything seems to be directly after Kobe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but that's fine. Mamba and Zamboni. Mm. That messes me up. Uh, yeah, yeah so everybody <clears throat> I saw a thing on Twitter you know I'm new to Twitter uh, I haven't posted because it, be I'm nice scared. it's my mom I'm, I'm scared but I saw somebody post I probably took a photo of it um, and um, LeBron was talking about Kobe this was uh, within the last two weeks LeBron was tweeting something about Kobe and somebody someone I don't know responded on Twitter and said Oh, I'm so glad I have an opportunity to do this. And he's and he he posted, "How can you miss someone you never knew?" Mm. 
And I wanted to mm. answer him, but I'm afraid because I don't know what avalanche or what happens after I answer this person. But I wanted to say that your question of how do you miss somebody, how can you miss someone? It might have been love someone you've never known. It was either love mm. someone you've never known or miss someone you've ever known. And my answer is soul to soul. Mm. And I immediately wanted to answer it, but I'm I'm treading lightly, so it, it concerns me. Well, I appreciate so you whoever you are, if this ever gets back to you. <laughs> mm. So um, I can't dedicate this song to somebody that that amazing because it seems like a it seems rude. No. So I'll back up a second and just you can dedicate it to the cat. I dedicate the following song. I'm going to dedicate it to Joel because if Joel oh, I didn't love get that song. into That's great. the conversation about order of operations, this song never would have been. So um, I present to you, you got to sweep before you mop. One, two, three, yeah. You got to sweep before you mop. You got to sweep before you mop. You got to sweep before you mop. So that's that song. Thank you for listening. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you. I love you. Thank you for joining us. Subscribe in the places, YouTube. I don't know where you're listening to this. Tell a friend if you dig it. Don't tell anybody if you hate it. If you made it this far into a show you hate, you should, you know, that's on you. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to call your mother. Doesn't it feel?